All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life Between the Six with Cody Cropper, your host, Brandon. And Cody, we are back, MLS Week 20 recap, and we've got another guest, don't we? We do, yes. Uh, Mikey Ambrose, a former U.S. youth national teammate of mine and, uh, you know, MLS veteran. Welcome, Mikey. Thank you, guys. It's uh, good to be on here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited. There's a lot going on, uh, but let's set the stage. Youth national teammates. The last time we had a youth national teammate on Will Trap, uh, there's some off-air oh, yeah. stories going on. So, Mikey, shed some light on young, awkward Cody. Oh, gosh. Man, yeah. Uh, awkward is definitely the word to describe him in his in his younger years. Um, yes. not, he, was, he was always a good guy. Um, but, you know, goalies are always a little bit different, a little bit strange. Um, but... We had we had some good times. We were I think we were roommates back in residency. We were. Uh, so no, actually, I was with I was w- no. Were you with um, Earl and John Kempen? You no. were in that room. It was was it not me, you, and OC in one room for a little no, bit? No, it was OC, myself, and Carlos. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carlos was never in there though. Ever. No, Carlos was never in there. No. Yeah. But. No, the one story that I clearly remember from mm-hmm. our time at residency was the movie theater. Do you remember that? The movie theater. Try, when, try. We all, when we all snuck into the movie theater and got arrested. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot. About <laughs> you got arrested? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? We paid yeah, for one think... ticket and eight of us yeah. tried to sneak into the movie theater. Was that my and idea? I think it was probably. It was, it was you and OC. I think it yeah. was you or OC. <laughs> hey, well, but the, Kempin the, bought the ticket and then didn't check his shoulder mm-hmm. yep. when he opened, before he opened the door and the security guard was standing right there. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Well, he, he was supposed to check the whole surroundings before we walked in and then we walked straight into the guy right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, we, that was the and we all, we, we uh we scattered too. We all yep. went into different movie theaters, and they slowly just came in there and picked us out one by yep. one. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, you goofballs. I thought I was oh. safe too. I thought I was safe in my movie. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy the movie I was in, but it did not work out that way. <laughs> no, it did not. That's that so funny. funny. Uh, yeah. What was what was your favorite uh, your uh, international trip or tournament, Mikey? Um, back then. Um, mm-hmm. I would say probably probably Brazil. I really liked going to to Rio. Um, that was fun. Was that I, for the Nike friendlies? Um, no, that was that was for uh, just random friendlies. We played Brazil. Okay. We played Argentina. Um, we played Uruguay. That was a, a good trip. And yeah. uh, that was that was a fun one. Um, that was my first time going to Rio. That was a blast. Um, any any big names popped out of there from South America that you played against? Neymar was on that team. Okay, uh, pretty pretty decent name. Uh, was I'm I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the guy Coutinho. Coutinho was on there. Yeah, Coutinho. Yeah, I remember. I remember that trip. Yeah, Coutinho, Neymar, and then I think there was one other big guy back then, but he didn't actually pan out. Um, yeah. was the, the lefty. You remember that that guy? Kennedy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he played at Chelsea, and he's on yeah, loan he forever. I watched him play yeah. in the Vegas Stadium last summer. He was still on the books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, fun that, times. That, that Brazilian team was, was nasty. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. And then 
you look at um, some of the guys that came off the Uruguayan team too, they were pretty good. I, yeah. I can't tell you any names, but I remember at the time we were like, yo, these guys are playing in Europe. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. were still in, we we're still in high school and in residency. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, <clears throat> I remember when we played that one game in Coutinho, like chipped the ball, like he, he received it, flicked it over Zach Carroll's head and yeah. that, that replay got played on all kinds of ESPN top whatever plays. And yeah. we were just a couple of high school kids, not, not even know what we were doing out there. <laughs> no, no, we had no idea. We yeah. had no, no idea. That's yeah. for sure. Fun times though. Fun times. It was, it was. Well, good stuff. We'll definitely uh, dive more into that uh, later. Uh, but gentlemen, uh, we, we want to talk about it. Toronto FC partways with Bob Bradley, the unsackable has been sacked. Uh, look, I, if we put it in a little bit of perspective here, conference standings, Toronto in 14th, uh, the Eastern conference out of 15th, only Miami soon to be bolstered by Messi, is worse than them. And then if you look at the overall stats, uh, as far as like the, uh, top to bottom table, they are in 20th or 25th or whatever um in the league so it is pretty pretty bad for them um but cody we we i feel like you've asked guests for like the last month running hey yeah. what do you think is he gonna get sacked here's what i didn't know he was the head coach and sporting director he had to sack himself and then they sacked him as sporting director i actually didn't know that either i wonder so I mean, obviously the owner, the GM make that GM maybe. Okay. GM. I wonder who the GM is there, but I mean, what a, what a decision to, you know, to, to pull the plug on not only your sporting director, but your head coach all at the same time. Well, and his I assistant mean, coach, Mike Sorber was also the technical director. So they were in deep there. <laughs> you want to talk about, uh, and, and Mikey, we've had this conversation of like the good old boys club in us soccer and in MLS where it's coach after coach, you know, as you know, Josh Wolf plays his son for or Austin or, you know, whatever it could, whatever it might be, the whole, the whole Reina family is a little bit of like, in in this situation, it's a little different, but like the nepotism factor of, you know, these guys just look after each other and give each other jobs that, I mean, yeah, okay, they deserve Bob Bradley deserves to be the head coach, but at the same time be the sporting director and then give his assistant coach the technical director job too. So it's like, good lord, it's it's buddy buddy kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you see that all across MLS. People there, I mean, it's just boys taking care of their boys. Yeah. And yeah. It works it works out sometimes, but then other times it's a disaster, like what happened there. Yeah. And I would agree. Just, I mean, I think Toronto has just been in a an interesting last few years. I mean, I feel like they were flying and then they kind of changed up their whole philosophy, started going more youth players, trying to grow their homegrowns. And then they just randomly started splashing more money and they just haven't really got the combo right for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it also doesn't help when you have that Bernadeschi and Signe bust up that comes together. All of that obviously plays a factor in their off field 
issues that have carried to their on-field performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's true. And it's, I mean, it's hard to get the combo right of creating a successful roster in this league. Um, you got to, yeah. you can't, I mean, there's no, I mean, if you look at LAFC, he's probably done it the best recently, but it's hard mm-hmm. to get that formula right. And you have to, I mean, when you bring in those big names, they have to be like willing to like help the younger guys, coach the younger guys. They have to be willing to, to put in the work to grind, you know, like yeah. you can't have these, these DPs that don't want to put that effort in or else it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a disaster. You know? Right. Right. And you've seen that throughout the last five to 10 years where clubs have gone out and signed a DP and you could, you know, currently look at, um, I don't know. You could take Shakiri for example. Shakiri hasn't been pulling forty per. We we figured this out on a previous podcast. Shakiri makes forty percent of Chicago's salary, like the, their salary payouts. <laughs> he does not pull forty percent of everything that they're paying out. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. perform that well. So mm-hmm. for me, that's an underperforming DP. Whereas mm-hmm. you look at a Hani Mukhtar. I mean, this guy's been the best, one of the best players in the league for the last three years it's and is arguably yeah. going to be the MVP again this year. Yeah, very true. So yeah. you have you have DPs that pull their weight and you have DPs that don't pull their weight. And it's the clubs that go out and they, they and do their homework and have these conversations and, you know, put the not only put the the right DP on the field, but put the the right supporting cast around them. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Toronto has done that in yeah. the past two to three and, years. And it's also the relationship between the coach, the club, and the DPs. Like you have to get that combo right too, to where the I would agree the players respect the coach enough to really put that effort in. And if you don't have that, if you, if the club didn't do the right research on the coach and the DP's relationship, then it's not going to work, you know? Right. Right. And I think that is actually a very good point because I'm going to be interested to see how, you know, we, we, we talked about Lionel Messi on the lot on the last episode. And the rumor is Tata Martino is going to be the head coach there. Now, I don't know if they have a relationship or not, but I will be interested to see how that combo pairs together because obviously Tata is his, is 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 Mexican if correct me if I'm wrong. It does no, do either he, of you know that? He's Argentinian. Oh, he is Argentinian. Okay, I did though. not. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then obviously they're going to be I would assume very very good together. So yeah, I I, I, I know sort of I, relationship. Tata coached me for uh, three years, so I, I know him really well. Um, and his whole supporting staff, they've all been together everywhere Tata goes. He takes his, his uh, assistant coach, his two uh, like strength coaches, and then he takes his other assistant coach that's kind of like the personal relations guy. Yep. And that whole combo is amazing. And they're they're – I think if they do end up doing the Miami gig, which I think is very strong possibility, um, 
the the personal relation guy is like best friends with Messi. So oh. the, the relationship is very strong there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, I would assume that again, the club has done that homework mm-hmm. and are probably exploring Tata because he they know that it would be a successful partnership. Yeah. And then you have to assume that they're going out and they're signing Sergio Busquets and rumored to be signing Jordi Alba because Messi wants those guys there and they're guys that are going to get along with Tata and his staff. Mm-hmm. And it's going to change the the culture of that club. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's obviously the Messi thing is absolutely incredible, but I think bringing Tata in is also just as incredible because he's proven in this league that he one can win, but two also can deal with big personality DPs and he can yeah. get everybody to buy in and get everybody yeah. on the same page. Cause he commands that respect of the locker room. Right. Right. And you don't, and, and I'm assuming based on your experiences in MLS, you've experienced coaches that do not demand that respect or they do it and they do it in the wrong manner. Now I know for a fact Tata's going to get the best out of Joseph Martinez too, because they obviously have a previous relationship at Atlanta. And I think that that seeing that getting Joseph back to his best is what the league needs too. For sure. Yeah. In the under Tata, Joseph was amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think he still, he still has that, that animal, like mentality, you know, mm-hmm. he just needs a coach that's going to bring that out of him more and get For him sure. to buy into the team and everything. And yeah. Tata's proven that he's been able to do that with him mm-hmm. and they, they have a great respect for each other. So I think, Good. I think Miami is going to be quite the force going, going forward if they bring Tata in and they're able to really create that environment there. For sure. I would, I would completely agree with you. So I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting either way. Now back, I I guess we went down a little rabbit hole there. Yeah. (laughs) Look, yeah. Messi's always going to pull the strings on anything with that big of a deal, but uh, this all came off of essentially, you know, Bob Bradley being sacked, which is uh, the, the surprise here is that um, big manager, big players was not able to hold it together at the end of the day. I don't know anyone outside of an Italian coach is going to be able to do it with those two at loggerheads. You're going to have to ship one of them out. If it's just really as bad as they say, um, Bob had a, he had an okay time at Toronto. Uh, it was no LAFC ride for him and his successor is, uh, essentially the U 17s assistant, um, Dunfield. And so, you know, he's been in the game forever as well. Interim. Yes. Did I say that? Uh, oh, I said replacement, didn't I? You yeah. said a replacement. Yeah, sorry. Terry Dunfield has been appointed interim head coach uh, as, as he was head coach of the club's U-17 Academy team. So uh, they got to figure it out. Um, uh, at Opta Jack had tweeted that uh, 19 Toronto FCs collected an MLS low, 19 points since last September. Win three, draw 10, wow. lose 12. Six fewer than any other team in that time issues. So uh, That's we'll tough. S- We'll see if they get a new manager bounce because they are going to need it. Uh, there were talks here at, at Orange County today, like 
who could be the replacement. And I threw out Mourinho and everybody was like, yeah, that would be great. That would be great. But no chance. I just Jose. like jokingly threw out Mourinho. And I was like, yeah, J- Jose, put him in there. Get his name in the hat. No chance. <laughs> Did you ever see this guy coaching in MLS? No chance. Zero no chance. chance. His, <laughs> no. He, U.S. He, men's no. national team before MLS, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, well, let's go ahead and look at the league as it stands. Eastern Conference, Cincy, top of the table, 43 points in first place. New England, second on 36. Nashville, third on 35. Philly, fourth on 34 points. Bottom of the heap, you got New York in 13th on 21 points. Then Toronto, 14th on 19 points. And Miami uh, on 15 points in 15th. On the Western Conference, St. Louis City SC, first with only 32 points. LAFC second with 32 points, Seattle third with 29, Houston fourth with 27. Bottom there, Minnesota on a bit of a drop. They are down to 12th on 20 or yeah, 12th on 21 points. Uh LA Galaxy 13th, 15th points in 14th place, Colorado on 14 points. Sorry, that was a little confusing when 12th was on 21, 13 was on 15, 14 was on 14. Anyways, um gentlemen, the first game we want to kick it off with. LAFC 2, Vancouver 3. Uh, LAFC, LAFC losing at home in this one. Um, Boanga scoring again, Carlos Velo scoring, uh, Veselinovic in the second minute, White in the 23rd and Gold in the 63rd. Cody, you're the Vancouver insider, obviously having spent last season there. Uh, are you a little bit surprised? I think, didn't we have midweek games again last week? I mean, they're just coming in thick and fast right now. Yeah, they are. Um, obviously, that's because of all the added competitions. You know, obviously, the the league stops here in one to two weeks, I believe, for the League's Cup with Liga MX. So, uh, yeah, they're look. The MLS schedule right now is is chaotic, and uh, based on all the conversations I'm having with you know uh, current and former uh, professionals, it, it's chaos. Um, but that said. I mean, Vancouver are hot, and since being knocked out of the Champions League, LAFC just are not the same team. Buanga is not firing on all cylinders. Uh, I think he got his first goal of the month versus Vancouver, and it was kind of like a layup, uh, like a I'm going to call it a FIFA goal. I, I would assume Mikey knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. that <laughs> you you get you break down the wing, and you just pass it across the face of goal and it's a nice little okay. tap in just a nice tap in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. LAFC <laughs> looked a little disorganized for me defensively. Obviously that you're, it's the international break. All these teams are missing players. However, I believe there has to be a better uh, fill in at center back than Sanchez, uh, than Ile Sanchez, obviously a great player, very smart um very talented player, but I'm just not sure center back is his position. Yeah, I'll just add, um, just to add to what Cody was saying about since the Champions League final, I I, I just feel like they need like a week off. Like they mm-hmm. mentally they're drained. Um, I feel like every game they're in, they're kind of like, just like sinking. It's, I feel like they're all, they're all tired. They're all, mentally exhausted they i mean when you go through the whole champions league process and it's a grind and then to to end up in the final and losing like 
it's going to weigh on you for a little while, you know, but I think they need this, this, this break. And then I, I think they'll be fine after the break, but they just, they need to get away from the game for a minute. Yeah, I would they, agree. It's, it's taxing mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Well, they, they've got a week off uh, next round of matches until July 1st. So uh, they'll at least get a, a classic week in between, uh, you know, LAFC sitting tied, you know, in second, but tied on points with St. Louis city SC who, who have done well again, though, there's that Western kind of uh, sliding curve where they're not anywhere near kind of the Eastern points leaders, but LFC mm-hmm. have definitely had to juggle a lot more. Um, they're still a solid squad. They're staying, they're staying in there. They're nine, four, and five with nine wins, four losses, five draws, uh, plus nine goal difference. I, I think that's a good way to put it, though, gentlemen, is it's a little bit of a slide, right? From this squad. Yeah. And uh the fatigue will build up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what how they maybe do take or not take the uh the the upcoming tournament um in the middle of the season right or if they just kind of chill and and use it as a break to rest players uh it's all brand new we don't know what to expect from these teams yeah. um when we get into the the break but um vancouver uh quite the opposite right as we've looked at yeah. them um they're in ninth you know they're just above the waterline you know they they up down a bit of a roller coaster team they're good at home they're pretty bad on the road uh, so that's probably why it's even bigger surprise here, but anytime you can st- score three goals in MLS, it's a good day out. Yeah, I would agree. Um, for me, it's, it's a dream start for Vancouver because I know how difficult it is to play in that stadium, uh, in front of the three, two, five, two. And I, I, I just, like you said, they Vancouver last year, at this time of the season was dead last. And I think we had one, one game in our first like nine or 10. I mean, we were, we were awful at the start of last year and we found a groove. And I think that Vancouver right now is starting to find that groove. They're picking up a point here on the road, picking up three points at home. They beat LAFC in LA in LA. And um, you know, this goes back to the conversation that you and I just had, Mikey, about DPs. Ryan Gold is, you know, Mr. Versatile right now. Um, play has played the 10, has played the seven, has played the 11, and started this game at the uh three. So, uh, yeah. you know, he played left wing back and got a goal and two assists. Yeah. So, I mean that just that just showed that his mentality is a little bit different than mm-hmm. than other people's mentality, and that and you and you can tell that the rest of the team is feeding off of that energy. And yeah, Vancouver's looking better than I think I've seen them in a while. And I, yeah. I think that game could be a good like little point in the season where they could take off from that and use that to to build. You know. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it, it goes a long way when the club has offloaded certain players and this is speaking from personal experience, um, with the club and the, and the players in that locker room, they offloaded some guys that didn't want to be there. They did their homework on DPs such as Ryan Gold and Andreas Kubas, 
who is an absolute dog in the midfield, does a lot of work that goes under the radar that a lot of people do not see and appreciate. And, you know, then you get guys like Brian White firing on all cylinders. You get um, homegrowns like Simon Betcher firing on all cylinders. And like you said, this could be a game in which they look back at and realize was the incline, like the, the jump start for uh, the rest of their season. Well, I tell you what, gentlemen, uh, wherever Vancouver goes, we will track because obviously the the close affiliation we have. Uh, but we got more, right? Uh, yeah. What about, oh, I just closed this one. Uh, uh, son of a gun. DC versus Cincinnati. DC three, Cincy, nothing. Nothing to yeah. show on this one. Unfortunately, only a second caution to Murphy to get sent off. Uh, Pedro mm-hmm. Santos, Williams, and Dahomey all getting the goals in the first half. Tell you what, Wayne Rooney's DC United to you, gentlemen. What is he cooking up uh, with this squad? I've uh, been watching very keenly. Uh, they are also in ninth in the Eastern, just staying above that that watermark. But I think this is more impressive that since he gets shut out, even though they're on the road. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that. Obviously, DC comes out and stuns FCC with three first half goals. And I think they stunned the league by beating the league leaders and ending their 10 game unbeaten run. Um, That said, again, it's the international break. There are a lot of guys that are missing from FC Cincinnati. I think four big names, Um, Vasquez, Miazga, Moreno, and Mascara were all the way on international duty. Yeah, I, I think this is a classic MLS game where you missing <laughs> yes. some guys and then a a team that shouldn't destroy a team just did. Like it, it, these types of games just happen sometimes. Yeah. And there's no real, like, I don't think cause for alarm for Cincinnati. I think they're flying. Um, mm-hmm. I think they just file this one away um, and they keep – keep scoring goals and destroying the league like they've been doing, you know? Yeah. They just have to keep plugging along. Um, And even, you know, Pat Noonan, the head coach said that these are mistakes that we've never, we haven't made since I took over essentially, you know, like they, we turn the ball over in a poor position. We give away a set piece goal that um, uh, we, we give away a free header on a set piece and the second phase kills us, you know, like Mm -hmm. these are mistakes. These are mistakes that we just don't generally make. And it, you know, it it put them, put them on the back foot. And I don't think they're used to being there. And it was one of those things where when you're in that position, you give away three goals in the first half. It is, it is a grind. You go into that, you go into that locker room, Mikey, and you are beat. Yeah. And I think, I'm going to call my boy out here, but whenever you're missing your striker, Brandon, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's a big blow to your team. Yeah. In this league, when you don't have your striker, it's, it's, you're going to, it's going to be tough to, to, because I think everything in this league build, builds through the striker, you know, and yeah. when you have that guy 
the presence that's um, your your one of your main goal scorers, one of your main threats in behind. It just helps um, everybody else to play better, you know. And and I think when they don't have him out there, it's a, a big blow. And also they had one of their center backs missing. So when you have part of that spine missing from your team in this league, it's going to be tough, you know? Yeah, I, I would I would completely agree with that. Obviously, Brandon has proven himself as uh, an integral part of their offense and an integral part of their team. And when you miss him, when you miss your, your hold up nine, because that's, that's what for them, obviously he, he holds the ball up. He releases a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you miss that, it's tough because Lucho Acosta playing the nine or a false nine. Mm -hmm. totally, as totally. talented of a player as he is, yeah. it's a very, very different thing. So, yeah. and he he, um, he he plays with so much more joy when he has that freedom running around Brandon. Um, he's not comfortable up there being a nine, you know. No, I would agree. I would agree. Brenner's out as well. Remember, as he's getting ready to go to Serie A, uh, again, yeah. just don't think we're going to be seeing him anytime soon. No. no. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else from this one? Um, like I said, I think, I think you guys gave it really good context. Uh, we'll have to see how these teams bounce back. Um, you know, again, having to, to kind of figure out, navigate the, these waters. Every team is battling losing players, but yeah, since he losing that many, that's significant. That definitely mm -hmm. changes uh, up what they're trying to do. I will, I will give a little shout out to, I mean, Ben Teke is just a freaking monster, you know, oh, this guy. Yeah. Do you, do you see his flick when like it snuck on the defender's leg and mm -hmm. then the defender tracked back and he just did a little like chop and popped it over the defenders. He came back <laughs> and then played a, a ball out to the channel He's got so much confidence, Mikey. He is loving life right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun to watch that, and I I hope I hope Rooney does something well with the team this year. I I hope they they have a, a decent rest of the season. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he did say that. after this game, Mikey, we are. Uh, he was quoted saying that he believes DC can beat any team in the league if they are able to imitate that first half performance. Yeah. I think that's a pretty, pretty strong statement, but yeah. I think they have, High bar. They have the, the, the talent and they're rumored to be signing Gilfie Seekerson as well. Mm -hmm. wow. So, I mean, you add that and it's, it's a whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. He's a very talented player, and imagine yeah. him and Benteke playing there together. Yeah, jeez. Oh yeah, that'd be fun to watch. It not, would be not fun to play against, but fun to no. watch. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Mm. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break to shout out another sponsor, one of Cody's. Uh, we've got No Cow. Yeah, No Cow. These are actually No Cow dipped. Um, this is by far my favorite flavor. If you haven't tried them, try them. Uh, big chocolate peanut butter guy right here. So the chocolate peanut butter cup, chocolate peanut butter cup bars are fantastic. Um, dairy free, 20 grams of plant protein, one gram of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. They are by far one of my favorite midday snacks. And I actually had one just before the podcast started. So there you go. Go and get yours today. Love it again with the healthy snacks, high protein. That is the theme with Cody and food, protein, 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 <laughs> protein. love to see it. 
All right. The next one up and the last one we have from the MLS side before we get into the U.S. men's national team is Real Salt Lake to Minnesota to they're playing at RSL uh, Musafsky in the 79th and glad in the 90th plus eight back to stoppage, super stoppage time goals. Love to see it. Asani Dotson, 27th minute and Reynoso who in the 39th Reynoso minute is Elbr- back. Oh, El Rey hath El returned. Rey is, yep. uh, is this his first match this season? I know it's he's played his first three. start. His yep. first start. And his first nine minutes played one start to your point. So, I uh, guess it didn't take him long to get back to fitness. Mikey, you ever been out and like missed two months of a season then had to jump back in? I can't imagine uh, he's fully fit yet, but they're giving it a run. Yeah, um, I, I did my knee back in 2019, so I missed a good chunk of that first part. And just getting back to that fitness, that confidence takes takes a minute. Um, but, I mean, he's hungry to get out there, so he's he's yeah. – chomping at the bit he's probably put in so many hours in in the training room getting getting ready as as ready as they can make him and i mean he's out there he's balling so he, he they did they did it right <laughs> yeah i would agree um you know and, and adrian heath in the post-match presser he was like he was very um very complimentary of Ray and said every time he got the ball, he created something. Every time he got in space, he looked like he would find the pass. I thought some of his touches and movements are what we are as we expect from way from Ray and we have to do better. So saying that I guess all the other pieces around Reynoso were not doing so well in this one and that Ray was maybe a little bit of a standout. Um, and I, I think that that speaks volumes to kind of where he's at, uh, physically. And because as you said, Brandon, it's, it's very difficult to miss two months of a season and then come back and be the player that you were or the player that you're capable of being. So I think that goes to your point, Mikey, I'm sure he's put in the hours on and off the field to kind of get himself into the position that I mean, he's, uh, that he's in. You know, goal and assist is good on the stat line. I tell you, though, his goal was a tap-in with McManus kind of flailing at the cross, just not being able to get there. Um, actually, rough day for McMath, you know, dropping was, both yeah. crosses. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, this is harsh, but it, it, it's a fact. And, and I think Zach would admit this, uh, but two goalkeeping mistakes kind of cost um, RSL in this one. So, hey, what about Clint Erwin in the 90th plus two, uh, taking a caution for time wasting? Didn't matter. 90th plus eight, Jay Glad getting the equalizer, uh, breakaway Minnesota just forgetting what's going on. Mikey, they are looking around and got caught right at the end of the game. There's nothing worse as a defender, is there? No, nothing worse, but also nothing, no better feeling than getting that late goal for the other team. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was gonna say the same thing. Um, and the ninety was a ninety ninth minute. Yeah, yeah, ninety ninety plus eight. Yeah. yeah, you're like, why is the ref not blowing the whistle? But thank oh. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're RSL, you're going okay. One more chance. One more chance. You're Minnesota. You're going ref. Blow the whistle. Blow it's, the whistle. It's it's been fifteen minutes, not eight. <laughs> but devastating for. 
those center backs and that that keeper for sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't think they did themselves any favors in the final few minutes. Um, you know, as a defender, Mikey, I think you can you can attest to this, but you one when one ball beats you over the top, it's very difficult and to look back at, it's very difficult to look back at and go, wow, that was a good goal because one long ball beats four players and Musovski is through on goal one V one. Yeah. Um, especially Brilliant. ball, just for the record, that ball was yeah. perfectly weighted. Yeah. But when you've grinded for 99 minutes and you're going to let that take away your points. Yeah. That's, that's devastating. And, yeah, I don't think I, I think you gotta obviously cover cover each other's backs better. You grind out yeah. the last thirty seconds of the game, and just pretty much keep it compact and and just don't let anything in behind or through you at that point. Like you just yeah. keep everything away. And I think they just got tired and fell asleep in that moment. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. and, and that was the one that gave them hope. Right. And then the second yeah. one, you know, they just got everyone forward. They play a big reverse ball to the back post. Uh, no one's there. He kind of chops his cross and takes that weird hop over and it just falls to the real Salt Lake attacker in the box to glad. And he put his foot through it. It was well, a fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the second phase of a set piece because glad's the center back. Yeah. 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 I've been saying that. Yeah. They, they'd love yeah. everyone forward. Right. And yeah, they did just get a little bit lucky fell to him, but yeah, you see all the Minnesota United defenders just fall down uh, a little bit upset yeah. and frustrated that one. For sure. Um, and it, it, it's, it's par for the course right now for Minnesota because they are six winless. Oof. And you they know, were, the, they were the longest undefeated at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And now they are six without a win. Um, I think their last win was like, well, I think their last one was Portland in the middle of May. Yep. Something like that. And it's like, at some stage, you guys got to dig yourselves out of this hole. It, it, it doesn't come down to, um, the coaching. It doesn't come down to, um, the, the, the tactics, what it comes down to is the players on the field grinding out. 10 minutes because you're up two zero. There's yeah. no, there's no reason that you guys should be get you know, giving two goals away. That's on, that's on the player personnel. And that, that and, in, my, in my opinion, it comes down that in the last 10 minutes of the game comes down to the leaders on the field. And maybe that speaks to like, maybe they're, don't, they're having a little bit lack of leadership out there. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or maybe their leaders are away on international duty. You know, like I, I yeah. boxy is there. I, Boxy's there. Yeah. Boxy's there, but Dane's not there. So, you know, obviously Clint Irwin's, but Clint's a, Clint's a veteran. So uh, this team is built around veterans. And I think to Mikey's point, the final 10 minutes, that's, those are the players you want on the field. Those are the guys that you want in, in, in the trenches with especially, you. Especially taking that one goal. All right. At that point, you're speaking you up, you're locking it, <clears throat> you're locking it down. You're saying we are not getting beat. Yeah. We're hold it down for five minutes 
and where nobody's touching our goal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't matter how, how you don't concede because if you walk off the field and every ball you touched for the last 15 minutes ended up in Rosette, mm-hmm. Adrian, he's not going to say a word because you no. walk off the field with three points. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. <clears throat> well, uh, while Minnesota is dropping to the bottom of the lake, <clears throat> Minnesota reference, Real Salt Lake doing quite the opposite as they uh, are on a good run. They are actually up to sixth in the Western Conference on 27 points, level with uh, Houston. They're in fourth and San Jose that are in fifth, two points off Seattle. So granted, they played all 20 matches, whereas, you know, the St. Louis uh, LAFC and, and Houston have games in hand. Uh, they've been in a good run. A reminder, Real Salt Lake had a, a bad, bad start to the campaign. Um, but they've been on a on a good run. I actually think they're unbeaten in their last five. They lost to Galaxy uh, at the end of May, which wasn't great. But other than that, they've made themselves tough to beat. So uh, they beat Austin. They drew New York City FC. They beat DC United. And they beat St. Louis City SC before drawing with Minnesota United. So again, um, the, the MLS twists my brain up, Mikey. I am new to this league. And I there's no consistency. There's the utmost parity because anybody can be anybody. And Real Salt Lake went from not knowing how to play football in the beginning part of the season uh, to looking like a cohesive unit. I don't know if they've really made any changes, but it's just like impressive that the team can, to Cody's point, while Minnesota needs to rally and pull themselves out, Real Salt Lake have absolutely done that now. Yeah, I mean, that's that describes MLS right there. It's a it's a league of streaks. So you can you can be horrible the whole first half of the season. And then if you pull it together and you rally the troops and you go on a little run, then you have a good chance. I mean, uh, when I played with Atlanta in 2019, we had a horrible first half of the season, horrible. And we I think we're bottom of the table. Um, guys were starting to get get a little bit like the the belief was totally gone and then we just rallied together as a locker room and we said we're we're going to play the way we played last year we won the cup last year we have a, almost a similar team as we did last year we're going to rally the troops and we're going to start winning some games and we went on a streak and went all the way to the eastern conference final I mean, it's, it's, that's just how this league is. Like anybody can beat anybody. Anybody can go on a streak at any moment. And it's, it makes it a fun league as a fan makes it a fun league to watch because, because you you don't ever know what's going to happen. You know, it's chaos. It's chaos and carnage every single week. Someone's getting absolutely pounded. Uh, And we didn't even talk about them uh, in this week. I don't know if you guys know, we, we tried to gloss over, uh, some of these results. Cause it was just, it was too much. It was just too funny for me. I couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm it's talking- like Atlanta got Atlanta got beat for, Whoa, I was going to say it. Mikey's right there, bro. I, he, he, knows, knows. he knows he was, he might've even been there. No, he was, you were, you were in Florida for work. Yeah. It was four zero pounding though. That was not a good one, but they no. were also missing quite a few guys as well. They were. Is, and you want to talk about spine. You're missing miles Robinson. No. Yeah, you miss. I like him. I like the look of him in the U.S. Men's National Team. Very good player. Yeah, he's he's 
so unfortunate his injury. I mean, I yeah. I think he would be in Europe right now, killing it. I I think so too. Yeah, but I think he'll. I think he'll. He's still he's still young. You know, I think he's still if he wants could could possibly still make that jump. But yeah, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see so if too. he wants. We'll see if he wants to or not. Yeah. Well, good bridge to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, we wrapped up yes. Nations League, U.S. dominating it, cakewalking Mexico and Canada. Uh, adios, au revoir, uh, our amigos. Anyways, <laughs> Gold Cup has started. It and has. Talk about roster in, roster out, sweeping changes. As my buddy called it, Youth SA taking <laughs> the field. BJ still in charge. BJ for president at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, GGG. I am on the BJ train. 1-1, one, one, though, having to come back after low scored for Jamaica. Vasquez, who we talked about earlier, scoring the 88th way to be aware in a good position, took his goal nicely. I'm not yeah. going to lie, gentlemen. I didn't really recognize our lineup. Uh, a lot of MLS guys. But um, a lot of very talented young players, and I think that you could you could see that there was a lot of inexperience in this game uh, in comparison to um, the team that played in the Nations League. That said, they were able to rally, they were able to persevere, and they uh, they got a result. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You text yeah. Duan. See, see how, what he thought about it. He was on the roster. I did not text the one. No. Peep him. See what's up. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the Turner thing or should I just sweep that? I, I mean, sure. I, I'm not going to bring it up, but if you want to discuss it, sure. <laughs> I think I'm asking if you, I, I just don't, I don't think he's your captain. That's all I think. I think you have Aaron long on the field. Uh, who were some of the other? Who were the Yedlin. other? Yedlin is the other Yedlin one that you, you threw out there. That I threw out there. I mean, but obviously BJ and, and GB think that uh, he's the guy, and um, you know he's obviously taking the reins as the number one, which for me is is tough because I believe Zach is a very talented and. Um, very, very promising young goalkeeper for the United States. However, Matt is playing well and doing well with the U.S. And I mean, I think Zach right now is coming back from a surgery. Uh, that said, it, it's it's going to be a good battle for years to come to watch these two go head to head and see who wins. It's going to be what very, uh, you know, Friedel, Keller, Howard, Guzan, uh, you know, that kind of battle. Yeah, I think I think they're both excellent keepers um mm -hmm. um obviously matt is has played really well recently and yeah great shot stopper um but zach might be a little bit better with his feet you know i think it just yeah. depends i think it depends on what style we're going to yeah. play you know couldn't we're agree gonna, more we're going to be a classic american team i think Matt Turner is going to be the number one. If we're going to try to build out, play out possession, I think Zach for the future would be, would be there, you know? Yep. Yep. But, I, I completely agree. But both, both great keepers though. And great guys. So, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I, tell, I agree I, more. Tell you what, it was a young team, um, and, and it was good to see. You know, Jesus Ferrer up top, Zendejas, uh, Aiden Morrison getting in. I'm sorry, Aiden Morris, and then Jordan Morris on the wing, uh, Miazga, as we talked about, and even um, you know a, a good bench that was fun to see. What I was a little bit surprised about, I'm not going to lie, Jamaica. Jamaica. They got some players. Dual, dual citizenship. Yes. Well, recruiting. Yep. And Three or four English, English uh, Jamaicans there. No, Mikel Antonio up top with Leon Bailey, and obviously Mikel Antonio. I'm pretty sure is featured for England at some point. But was I also want to mention the bigger the bigger name for me is Damari Gray, Lester, or Everton. Yep. Sorry, Everton. Yeah, I think he. I, I think those three players. Alone, I think that's a massive win for Jamaica because they have not had that firepower for many, many years. Yeah, Jamaica looks promising. They they yeah. they could they could do some damage in the in the in the tournament and the future of Carcacaf, you know. Yeah, I would agree. I'm I'm impressed. Agree. Like like from the days, you know, that we used to see them. Uh, I'm looking at the roster and almost everybody is at a minimum MLS, you know, one's in the Wolves Academy just because he's a kid, but everyone is in like a team or a league that you would recognize. Maybe like Spartak Moscow is like the fringe one for Schmar Nicholson. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's top five leagues in, in Jamaica. Yeah. And so the recruitment that they've done to, to make themselves a challenger in this league is really impressive. Um, and they have some promising young talent. I know that from Chelsea alone, they've got Amari Hutchinson, a young, uh, really shifty attacker up there. Uh, Chelsea just signed a 17, going to be 18 year old who plays for the, um, you know, their Phoenix new old boys or whatever it is there. And, uh, there's a, there's a pipeline of young talent coming through. So if they can hold on to some of these players and get them into Europe and they're going to be a tough team for the next 10 years. And they you know, Mike, you gotta have your eye on 2026, right? I mean, that is the big one on the continent. Uh, they, they're going to, they're going to show up and I think make a run at it, especially if, uh, other teams are going to be a little bit shaky. We think this is probably one of the lowest quality sides of Mexico's had doesn't mean they can't reload and progress, but, um, I I'm going to keep an eye on them for sure. Yeah. I think, I think, Overall, in general, CONCACAF is getting so much better. And I don't know if Mexico's doing that bad or everybody else is getting better. I mean, I think mm -hmm. U.S. has improved tremendously. Um, Canada has improved tremendously. I, th I think I've, I've been saying Canada's going to be a force to reckon with going forward in the future. Um, but Jamaica's coming out now. Like, I think... I think CONCACAF is going to be a lot tougher for Mexico than it has been in the, in the past. I would agree 100%. And, and I wouldn't say that Mexico is per se doing badly. However, they do not have the firepower that they have had in the last 10 to 15 years, right? They've, they, they moved on from that golden generation of Hector Herrera and, you know, Chicharito oh. and Carlos Vela. So now they are trying to figure out that new identity, similarly to where the U.S. was five years ago, uh, or you know, in the you know post twenty eighteen World Cup, right? Um, I'll say it. 
What? They kind of suck. <laughs> That's their problem to figure out, though. It is. Country it is. Because it was our it talent. was our problem to figure out five years ago, six years Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. And because we, we also we took, were not, not that great. At no. That. Yeah. We got no. We, we got not. caught out. Yeah, yeah we, we got did. caught out. Unfortunately, we did. I tell you what, guys. I've enjoyed watching the U.S. Men's National Team. I had the I had the phone out. We we're barbecuing with some friends. I took legitimately four years off the men's national team. After that disaster of not qualifying, um, I was I was just so ashamed. And it was hard for me to to just pay attention because there was nothing drawing me in. Obviously, we finally got through the qualifying, got to the World Cup, was super excited, got to watch a bunch of games at Brits with friends and things. Um, but I'm plugged in again. They've got me. But the thing is, like, please don't lose me. Like, let's not botch this again. Cody, we had a, a longer episode in the last one. Talk about the men's national team and the changes. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out that episode. Um, but Mikey, I'm excited. In our group, just so we know in CONCACAF Gold Cup, it's group A with Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, US, and St. Kitts and Nevis. We're playing St. Kitts and Nevis next on Wednesday. So um Again, I'm I, not to be rude. I'd never even heard of them. So that's probably one of those ones where they're FIFA ranked number 139. We should expect to win, especially on home soil. But uh, yeah. There you go. Anything nice. else? Did I miss yeah. anything? Nice Mikey? easy hour. No, not from my perspective, Mikey. No, I think you've covered everything. We, uh, <laughs> we gave the, the week a nice, a nice recap for sure. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, go. the good the good news is there's so much to cover. We can't do it all, but that just means it's an exciting league with a lot going on. But uh, hey, Mikey, good, good, good to have you on. Your links will be in the description below, so we're gonna make sure we send uh, people your way. Uh, links to No Cow as well in the description if you want to check it out. Cody's favorite uh, chocolate dipped peanut butter bars, whatever they are. It's just protein coming out of his ears. Okay, there I'm you go. Try those and try the the goodles, right? Goodles. The goodles, yes. Okay. <laughs> Goodles. awesome all right well we'll be back uh mls week 20 recap in the books if you would as always just subscribe to the podcast apple podcast and spotify leave the five-star review to help other mls us men's national team fans find us as well but anyways we're going to be back next week uh maybe probably not it's actually fourth of july should we just call it now cody we're going to take a week off uh yeah probably all right we're going to take a week probably. off we'll be back after the holiday weekend enjoy it all of you mls fans there are matches uh, we'll be back. See ya.